things, everyone. This, this is the day that the Lord has made. And we will, we will rejoice and be glad in it. Oh, beloved, we welcome you here in the sanctuary and those of you all around the world, we welcome you. We're coming today with open hearts and open minds filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. We come to do the most important thing we do in life, and that is to worship, worship, worship God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so we begin our worship this day. We begin with praise and worship to soften our hearts and protect the spirits that surround us. We come now with our praise team. Sister Hope Carr, Brother Darnell Carr, as they come and praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. What a blessing it is to be in the presence of the Lord one more time. If you're able and willing, come on and stand to your feet and let's give God some praise this morning. Glory to glory to glory to glory to glory to glory to God. Glory to glory to glory to glory to glory to glory to God. To the only God, our Savior, Savior, be majesty, dominion, and power forever, ever, and ever, ever, and ever, ever. Glorified, glory to glory to glory to glory to glory to glory to God. Come on and help me say, glory to glory to glory to glory to glory to glory to God. To the only God, our Savior. Savior, be majesty, dominion, and power forever, ever, and ever, ever, and ever, ever be glorified. Let the people praise him, rejoice in all his goodness, and be thankful for all he has done. Tell the generations from the mountain to the valley, victory is won. For the Lord is worthy to be praised. His hand of salvation redeems us this hour. So Lord, beyond the balance of our days, be glory and honor, dominion and power. Say glory to glory to glory to glory to glory to glory to God. 
Glory to glory to glory to glory to glory to glory to God. Come on, one more time. To the only God, our Savior, Savior, be majesty, dominion, and power forever, ever, and ever, ever, and ever, ever. Glorified. Come on and glorify the Lord this morning. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Glory to God. Father God, we thank you. Praise you for another opportunity to come into your house and worship you. We take it not lightly that you woke us up this morning, started us on our way, allowed us to be here in our right minds. Everybody didn't wake up this morning, Father, but we thank you for seeing fit to touch us on our shoulder this morning, Lord, and bring us here safely. And we ask you, as our pastor goes forth with the word, Father, that every heart be touched and changed. Touch the people at home. Touch the people here by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. There is a sweet anointing in the sanctuary. There is a stillness in the atmosphere. Oh, come lay down the burdens you Let's bask in the presence of the Lord this morning. There is a sweet. There is a sweet anointing in this sanctuary. There is a stillness in the atmosphere. A man lay down. The burdens you have carried for in the sanctuary, God is here. Oh, can you feel the presence of the Lord? He is here. He is here to break the yokes. To break the yokes and lift the heavy burden. Oh, we bless you, Lord. He is here. He is here to heal the hopeless heart. To heal the hopeless heart and bless the broken. Oh, come lay down the burdens you have carried. For in 
is here. He's in the midst of everything you need. God is here. He is here. We worship you, Lord. He is here. We love you, Lord, to break the yoke and lift the heavy burdens. Have your way, O oh Lord. He is here. He is here. Oh, yes, he is. To heal the hopeless heart and bless the broken. Oh, come lay down the burdens you have carried. Oh, come lay down the burdens you have carried. Oh, come lay down the burdens you have carried. For in the sanctuary, God is Give him an ever-present praise. Oh, God is here. In the midst of your situations, God is here. In the sanctuary, God is here. And wherever you have created a sanctuary, a special place where God's spirit is welcomed, we thank God. We thank him that we can reach out to him and create an atmosphere for him to enter here and everywhere. As we come, let us prepare our hearts, our minds, and our spirits to hear the word of the Lord. And as I go to that, let me welcome my dear son in the ministry, the Reverend Dr. Cedric Bridge Forth, in our midst today. Thank you, son. Thank you. Come with us now to the New Testament, the first letter of Paul to Timothy. First Timothy, verses. Chapter 1, verses 12 through 17. Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 through 17. And please stand as you're able out of respect and honor of God's holy word. And listen now, listen for the word of the Lord. 
I am grateful to Christ Jesus our Lord who has strengthened me because he judged me faithful and appointed me to his service even though, even though I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and a man of violence. But, but I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed from me with the faith and the love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. But for that very reason, I received mercy, so that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display the utmost patience, making me an example to those who would come to believe in him for eternal life. To the king of all ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your word. You may be seated in the presence of God. Let us pray. Lord, as I come, I come seeking to open my eyes and see you. I come hoping to open my heart and feel you. I come asking for a full and fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit. So that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, for, for you, you are my strength and you are my redeemer. In the name of Jesus, I pray it. So be it. And amen. Look around at somebody and under your mask, smile at somebody today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Our sermon topic for today is unstoppable grace. Unstoppable grace. Beloved, I'd like to, to just begin this message by calling your attention to a nine-word phrase that we often hear in the Christian church. The phrase is this, the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
Well, you know what? Today, I just often talk about the words and the phrases that we use in the church. Because many times we use them without even stopping to think about what they mean. Oh, yeah, we do. Because so many times, in fact, too many times, Christians, the preachers, the teachers, and the laity make the mistake of assuming that everybody in the world knows what we're talking about. We think they know what we're talking about when we use certain, you know, phrases. Yeah, they're words from the Bible, but remember there are many people today have not read the word of God. Many churches today have preached the word of God. Somebody up in here, help me up in here today. Many people have not even been in or joined a church in the last 50 years. For example, for example, now there are words and phrases like salvation, redemption, justification, sanctification, the kingdom of God, all that, so forth, so forth, and so forth, and so so that, that we just we just think that everybody knows, but the day has come, beloved, when we need to take time without assuming that everybody knows. I, I think that day has truly come and for me it's like an opportunity there are so many unchurched people this is just a wonderful opportunity it's an opportunity for us to be missionaries in america somebody help me in here we need to stop well we can simultaneously or at the same time send them out but we got to send them out over here somebody say amen you want to know why the world is going so crazy because people not in the church oh lord help me up in here today it doesn't even seem to be a priority on our agenda. So the day has come in the church of Jesus Christ when we must stop assuming that everyone in the same place uh, and instead of assuming, get back to the basics of the Christian faith. So, so we just want to get back to some basics today. And we want to just start with this phrase we hear in the church all the time, the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Beloved, what, what, do we, what, what do we mean by those words, the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? What do we mean? I'm glad you asked. I like to explain it this way. I, I heard a story about a little girl uh, a little girl who had been to church, and she came home, and she asked her well-educated parents. She asked them, what does God's grace mean? And they looked at each other with faces of confusion, and they said, go and ask your grandmama. She can tell you better than I can. Oh, yeah, but all them DDs behind their name and all that. All that money they made in corporate America. I said, go, go ask grandma. 
they can tell you better than we can God's, what God's grace means. Now, the grandmother, of course, did not have all the formal education, but she came up in the generation where, you know, you had to go to church. No excuses made. Somebody help me here in the morning. You come in late on Saturday night, that's fine. You've been out at the club, but you better be in the pew on Sunday morning. Glory to God. There was no excuse. There was no way out. Hallelujah. I say all the time, the best thing my mother ever did for me in life was make sure I was sitting in a pew on a Sunday morning. Oh, glory to God. Grandma had been in church all of her life. And so grandma was sitting there meditating with the Bible open. You know what I mean? Wasn't no dust on it either. Sitting there, she meditating. And the little girl walked in Grandma's room. She said, Nana, 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 what does God's grace mean? And Nana, without hesitation, Nana said, Baby, God's grace means God doing for us what he don't have to do. God's grace means God doing for us what God don't have to do. You see, the old woman had lived long enough to know who God was and who she was not. It's important to know that because everybody want to be seen and important today. We walk around and we look at the sky and we forget who created it. We look at the ocean and we forget who created it. We look at the flowers we forget who created it. We look at another human being and we forget all the things that God Almighty can do that we can't even touch and do. It's a time for us to know who God is and who we are not. We, we think God needs us. <laughs> God doesn't need us, beloved. Here's the grace in God. God Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, the skies declare his glory. God doesn't need us. The humbling thing is that God wants us. He wants us. Isn't that saying something? God. He wants us. Amazing grace has always been my song of praise, for it was grace that bought my liberty. I do not know just how he came. See, I know me to love me so. His grace, he looked beyond my faults. That's what he did. And he saw my need. Child of God, when we, when we talk about God's grace, we're talking about the fact that God has a, a good attitude toward us. God, God, God favors us. God really, really likes us. The Lord truly admires you and me. 
The Lord really appreciates you and me. And the Lord actually cherishes who we are, and he knows who we will become in him. God loves you and me. Listen, listen. And God's grace, God's love was activated. Listen to this. While we were yet sinners. You know, in the times when people snob you, at the times when people talk about you, at the time when people lie on you, at the time when people hate you. <laughs> God, I said, God reminds us that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of a perfect, holy God. And while we were sinners, God still loves us. Listen, you know what? We, we deserve nothing good from God. You know, like kids today, they think everybody owe them something. Well, that, no. God doesn't owe us any good thing. What God, with God we can experience from God is a result of God's grace because grace is simply God doing for us what he don't have to do. When we join the church of Jesus Christ, we then become, you know, we like to pray, I'm a Christian. Well, I'm a Christian, but I'm a sinner saved by grace. Oh, that's why I get so excited, because I know who I am. I know my weaknesses. Oh, I know what I've done. I know, I know God's grace is sufficient for me. God, grace is God's unmerited favor. Amazing grace, how how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost. Now I'm found. I was blind. Now I see. Oh, listen, listen. When Pastor Paul lifted his, his situation before Jesus, he said, Jesus, I was formerly. See, you got to know. You know what? Young people want to hear what we went through. But we want them to think we've been this way all the time. The devil is a liar. <laughs> they want to hear how we got over. Somebody said to me the other day, one of my children, they said, Mama, it was just amazing. You know what we saw? I'm going, oh, God. What <laughs> you know, my children are real funny. They may bring up something. I don't know. What one day, Mama, you just stop smoking. We remember that. You just stop. I said, oh, oh, it wasn't me. Give glory to God. It surprised me. Hallelujah. It surprised me. That's what God does. Oh, Paul says I was formerly a blasphemer. I had an awful, nasty mouth. I was a persecutor. I was a bully to those who believed in you, Jesus. And I was a man of violence. I'll tell God the truth. But Lord, this is what you got to say to the children once you tell them who you used to be and what you used to do. Because you don't do that no more because, Lord, I received your grace and your mercy. 
well, now, now that we've explained what we mean by the grace of our God, let us turn to our text and, and uh, hear, hear what Paul the Apostle has to say about God's grace. In our scripture lesson, Paul basically said three things about God's grace. We're just going to do it. First, he said that the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ overcomes our past mistakes. Ooh, glory to God. Stop weeping and bringing it back up. God said, when you confess your sins to me and you repent when me make a detour and turn around, I throw that into the depths of the ocean. You're bringing up st- God, stuff God don't even remember no more. <laughs> I know I'm right about it. G- just listen to what Paul, what Paul says in verse 12 of 1 Timothy. He says, I thank him who has given me strength for this, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful by appointing me to his service. Though I formerly blasphemed and persecuted and insulted him, Paul says, and yet he called me out, set me apart to preach the word. But of course, Paul is talking about the time before he became a Christian. You know, God's grace ain't cheap. You can't ask for forgiveness today and then keep on doing it and think he's going to give you the grace the next day and the same thing and then you do the grace the next thing. You know, at some point, we got to really, really <laughs> stop it. Of course, Paul's talking about the time before he became a Christian and did all sorts of bad things against the Lord and his followers. Paul, Paul was more than an OG. Paul, Paul was head of the game. Help me up in here, somebody. Don't be talking about people. But Paul is saying, despite those mistakes and despite those very wrong and very evil acts, I committed, Lord. The Lord still liked me. He hated my sin, but he still liked me. More than that, the Lord still loved me and cared for me so much that he met me one day on the Damascus Road and he made me one of his disciples. He didn't have to do it, but he did. Oh, child, hear me today. No matter who you are and what you have done, the Lord thinks that's my kind of man. No matter what you've done, the Lord thinks that's my kind of woman. No matter what you've done, child, the Lord thinks that's my kind of child. Oh, yeah. The Lord thinks that you would make a wonderful new addition to the upbuilding of God's kingdom. He on earth and the upbuilding of God's kingdom in heaven. Yeah, he does. Because God's grace overcomes our past mistakes. Secondly, Paul the Apostle says that the Lord's grace overcomes our lack of faith in God. In other words, we make the kind of mistakes and wrong moves when we don't have faith in God. And a lot's going on in America today, all this madness And, you know, at the same time people were leaving the church and the church didn't do nothing about it. Well, at the same time people were leaving the church, all this mess started happening. You know why? You know why? Because the people doing the horrible things don't know God. 
They haven't even been invited to a church. And as a young man told me one day as I was talking to him in the ghetto, he said, he said, invite him to church. He said, Pastor, I'm not good enough. Man, broke my heart. I'm not good enough to come inside the church. I said, son, well, that's the reason I'm inside. Because I'm not good enough. And to be better, I got to be inside. I go inside to get help. I go inside so I don't do some of the bad things I used to do. I go inside for strength. I go inside to be changed and made over. God is looking for people just like you and just like me. And the people inside, my son, they tripping. They look good. <laughs> they do all the ritual things, the affirmation of faith. They do all that stuff. And then they leave the church. And if you could hear their mouth on the way home in their Mercedes. Oh, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Paul. Paul says, but I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. After Paul described all the bad things he had done in his past life, he goes on to say, but I received mercy, meaning God didn't punish me like I deserve to be punished. When God does not punish us like we deserve, that's God's mercy in action. And why did Jesus give Paul mercy? Because he acted ignorantly in unbelief. America has to stop treating human beings lower than anything else. And then expect them to rise up and act like a boy scout or a girl scout. Human beings are fragile. If they haven't been loved, they'll be crazy. If they haven't been smiled at, if the church hadn't said, come just as you are. Then they turn up showing up at schools, killing everybody. Because the world and the church has taught them that human life is not important. Oh, beloved, beloved, many things God tells us to do. And we leave it undone because of our unbelief. Many things God tells us not to do. And we do it anyway because of our unbelief. But recognize now that despite our failures of faith in God, God still comes to us and he says, look, look, look here, look here. Hey, let's sit down. We need to talk. Let's chop this up. Let's talk. Look, I know that you didn't know what you were doing when you were disobedient to me. I know that you didn't know what you were getting into. I know you didn't know how big a mistake you were making when you took that first drug. But, but, but listen, that's all right. I still, I still love you. Nobody says, you know, the old people used to say, what you going to be when you grow up? Everybody remember that question? What you going to be when you grow up? Nobody says. When I grow up, I want to take crack and be on the street. Nobody, nobody says that. When I grow up, I want to be an alcoholic. Nobody says that. 
Life happens to human beings. And many times it happens so God can see what we're going to do about it. Help me up in here. Somebody love your neighbor as you love yourself. God said, I know you didn't know how big a mistake you were making, but that, that, that's all right. I'm here now. I still love you. Let's just start over. And you try to get it right this time. His mercy is anew every morning. <laughs> it's all because of God's grace. Because God's grace overcomes our lack of faith. And then finally, Pastor Paul lets us know this. The Lord's grace overcomes our sins. I can't find any better way of saying it than the way Paul himself said it. He says, the saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance. That Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. And I am the foremost of sinners, but I received mercy for this reason. That in me, as the foremost of sinners, Jesus Christ might display his perfect Patience for an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. In other words, Paul is saying that Jesus saved him just so he could demonstrate to everybody else that he can save somebody as dirty as Paul, which means he can save you and me. What Paul is letting us know Paul's testimony, everybody who's a Christian ought to have a testimony, testimony. Paul's testimony is that our sin is never too big for our God because God is bigger than our sin. Oh, Jesus saves to the utmost. Jesus saves. You say, you say that you did something that you feel ashamed of. Well, your sin's not too big for God. You say that you did something dishonest at your work. Your sin's not too big for God. You say you had an abortion. God already knows all about it. He still loves you. You say that you had an adulterous affair. Your sin, not too big. Do you know what? Do you want to know why our sin is not too big for God? It's because God's grace overcomes our sin. And to sum it all up in other words, in other words, God's grace. God doing for us what God doesn't have to do simply because he likes us. He, he loves us. He doesn't need us, but he wants us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The unstoppable grace of God is unstoppable. Mistakes can't stop it. Our unbelief can't stop it. Our sins can't stop it. God's love just had us hemmed in on every side. I'm not just talking about the love of people. That too is wonderful. Nothing or nobody can add up to the love of my Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Listen, listen, every single day 
In one way or another, I'm reminded that God loves me. When I'm up, he loves me. When I'm down, he loves me. When I'm acting like I got good sense, he loves me. When I act like I'm crazy, he loves me. When I stand up, he loves me. When I fall down, he still loves me. I turn to the right, and God loves me. I turn to the left, God's love is there. I, I try to go backwards, but his love is there. I turn no matter where I'm going through, no matter what people may think about me. There's somebody named the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost. There is somebody named the Holy Ghost who's on the inside of me. Oh, and he lets me know that God loves me. God loves me. Oh, my God. Stop worrying about what people say and do to you. God, God loves you. I'm telling you, I can't turn from it. I tried. I can't, I can't hide from it. No matter what I do, no matter where I go, no matter what I do, no matter where I go, the power of God's love, the power of God's grace will always find me. He always, when I'm depressed, he finds me. Oh, Lord, have mercy when my faith is just rambling around, wondering what's going on in my life. He finds me. And he, you know what? If he can do it for me, what he's done for me, he'll do for you. That's my testimony. There is nothing too hard for God. You can't go too low that God can't reach down and pick you up. God loves you. God loves you. And it ain't nothing you can do about it. songwriter says it like this. One of my favorites. If you really know God, then you know his grace is just amazing. To believe that the creator of the universe loves us like he does. Amazing grace. It just uh, it's always been My song of praise. For it was grace that brought to my, my liberty. And, and sometimes, sometimes I just don't know. I can't figure it out. love me so and then the Holy Spirit says to me he looked beyond your faults and he saw he saw your needs oh amazing grace how sweet the sound. 
Lead and grace shall lead. 
is going to lead, lead me home. Oh, have not joined the church of Jesus Christ. God is looking for you. He's running after you. You see, his grace, we ought to be running after him, but he's his grace. His prevenient grace. God invites you now to join the church of Jesus Christ with no excuses. I know people talk about the church today and much of what they say might be true. We invite you to come just as you are. 
You bring your hurt in here. God's a healer. Bring your pain to the church. God's a fixer. Come. Join online. Join in person. But join. Join the church. And all of its kind of stuff, stuff, it's still the best place on earth to be. Because God said, on this rock, I build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. It's the best place for you to be. We look forward to hearing from you. And our prayer is that you will bask in the grace of God. As we open worship service for Holy Communion. I'm still hoping not to assume anything. I want those of you who may never, I told you I'm meeting children and people who say they've never been inside a church building. Where did communion come from? Some of you may be asking very briefly. Jesus started the tradition of communion. Jesus instructed his, his followers to use bread and wine to remember the sacrifice he was going to make when he died for our sins on the cross. Jesus called himself the bread of life. Man shall not live by physical bread alone. That means that we're nourished by him. We, we survive because of him. And he satisfies us when everything else leaves us empty. There's a connection between our nearness to Jesus, believing in him, and being faithful. And so Jesus used the wine as a symbol of the blood he shed. That was mandatory for the forgiveness of our sins. And today, when something's going wrong, you ask him, Jesus, cover me with your blood. And so today we come to remember. You may have your service at home communion, and those of you who are here, you have your communion. And we begin the peace of God always be with you. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. 
Jesus invites us, come unto me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So we invite you now to spiritually Unite with all the members of Pacoma First United Methodist Church and with all the saints of the church in heaven and on earth and partake of the Lord's Supper that has been consecrated by me. It's an open table. It's not a denominational table, and it's open to anyone who wants to partake. According to the Gospel of Luke, when our risen Lord was at table with his disciples, he took bread and blessed it. He broke it. And he gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. This is the body of Jesus Christ, the bread of life, broken. For you and for me, eat. Open first the cup. This, this is the blood of Jesus Christ, the cup of salvation shed for you and for me drink of it and now let us pray the prayer the Lord taught us to pray our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from all that is evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Feel and take the love of Almighty God with you today. Bask in it. Bask in the reality that God loves you. And yes, if you have an offering, I'm sorry. The ushers are taking offerings, or as you know, you may go on our website and give your offering. God's grace is unstoppable. Go forth in peace and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ 
and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You and 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 you. Always. Let the church say amen. spoken let the church say amen